when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, July 23rd, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 172. I'm your host, Austin Walker, and joining me today, Danielle Rienda. Hi, hello. Patrick Klepik. Hello. Rob Zachney. Hello. And the clouds. That's right. I've invited the clouds here. Oh, Obviously, I know a lot of people have questions. Uh, you've been, I'm sure all of you listening at home have been following hashtag CloudGate very closely. And I have good news. They fixed the clouds. They have silver lining. They fixed them. They move now and they look like clouds, I guess. Oh. I, mm, so last week, you may recall that Patrick and I did an uh, interview with uh, uh, Sean Murray. Uh, from Hello Games, developer of No Man's Sky. And one of the things that people really – one of the things we talked about were how the, that team was often accused of, of being uh, – what's the – liars. They were accused of being liars. <laughs> oh, and thieves. Thieves. Also thieves, <laughs> both. Um, and were also uh, d- dirty liars mm-hmm. um, and deceivers mm-hmm. um, yep. and all sorts of things. Uh, and – as if on call, as if as if like timed to perfection, an element of the No Man's Sky community. So, <laughs> No Man's Sky next leaked over the weekend because yes. like Walmart and mom and pop shops got copies in for the Xbox One, which um, is physical. Yeah, you know, it's a physical copy because it's the first time it's coming to that platform, and so it had. At least some next features baked into the disc, right? So it has third person. Baked right in. It has the freighter stuff baked in, right? There's still a big patch. A patch just hit, which I'll get to in a second. But I spent my weekend not having a good time and instead watching people upload 10-minute – upload and react to 10-minute long uh, video leaks of No Man's Sky Next. Yeah, that sounds – you know what? If someone was to make up a thing that Austin did over the weekend, yeah, like that's, that's it. sounds it close sounds enough. Sounds like Austin. I mean, it was so fascinating to see that community flip flop around as to whether or not Next was going to like save their lives or kill them and their families. Yep. Um, because, because those are the two genders, right? That's yeah. it. Kill your family or be your perfect, be saved by your, clouds. Be saved by clouds. Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, and so it would be like. A new animal type would show up, and for the first like six messages, would be like, "Oh man, this new animal is the best." And then a similar animal would show up in another video, and be like, "I can't believe they're only, they only animal. There's only one animal in this game now. <laughs> they only put one animal. No, they got rid of all the other animals. There's only one left in No Man's Sky." But the cloud thing was sincerely like, "Wait a second, these clouds don't look as good as they are in the trailer. They lied in the trailer again." 
And it's like, oh, are we really doing this? Are we really doing this? Like, yeah, we were. Because it was like, oh, okay, listen, this is only an Xbox, this is regular Xbox One. It's not an Xbox One X. So the guy who got the leak went out and bought an Xbox One X no. so he could see if the clouds were the same as the trailer clouds in the Xbox One X. He needed a 4K TV, he too. A, he did need a 4K TV, too. And also he was uploading at 720p, so who the fuck cares, right? <laughs> it's just not. To the point where eventually he uploaded the video that looks just like a zoom in on the clouds. Uh, and... <laughs> There's debate about whether or not they're liars again, like I said. And then just now, as in the, the most important news, they, a 7-gig patch just hit the Xbox servers. Everybody downloaded it. And the first thing to go up, the first post-patch video to go up was someone with a, with a, a, a phone recording their TV with their phone <laughs> as the as – the, I showed you this video. Yeah. The clouds blew. Now, don't get me wrong. They're very nice they're clouds. They're very pretty. But I couldn't say for sure that they fixed the clouds. I don't know that they were broken to begin with. I think maybe you just can't tell in a thing if the clouds are the same or not. You just got to play for yourself. That's what I spent it's my It's all weekends. one conspiracy to get you to play for yourself. That's right. So you buy so you, the game. So you and prove. you buy an Xbox One X. And you buy a 4K TV. Yeah. It's all so you can see the good clouds. I should be clear that I think that. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's up, Patrick? Your hand, Your head is in your hands. <laughs> yeah. Not because mm-hmm. this is a good story. Like this is like this. This is this, yeah. this, I, not being sarcastic. This is rich and compelling and interesting. I appreciate like, it. The fuck are people doing with their time? I don't fucking. Know. They're excited. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I, like it, it. Like it is interesting <laughs> as a reflection of like a larger narrative related to no, to No Man's Sky specifically. Like it is yeah. interesting that this became a flashpoint. Right. Clouds. And, and like, I want to be clear. Like the the bulk of this community has been very interesting to follow and watch. Um, and it has been like fascinating to see them not react not just to clouds, but to things like the draw distance has changed in that game in a big right. way. It's you gotten can see way further. better. And in is a way that, that yeah, you can see further. Gotcha. Sorry, yes, yes. You can you can so so a draw distance in a game is the distance at which something in the in the world, in the virtual world, draws into existence. Gotcha. It comes into so existence. Instead of popping in really uh, abruptly, necessarily, right. something is already drawn so that you can you, you can, can see, see off it. further into the different into the yeah. distance, and that was a cool change. Which I think for me and probably for a lot of fans, from what the response I read was, was like, "Oh wow, I was cool with the short draw distance of the original game because I still thought it was a cool game, but seeing the extra depth of like these asteroid fields or being able to see like where the other side of this lake turns back into a shore is like really appealing." And so, following the the fans around that stuff has been really cool. It's just like. Unbelievable that like under within and also just seeing people like extrapolate from things like someone uploaded the uh, a menu that showed that like the multiplayer lobby had 16 spaces in it. And despite Sean Murray tweeting that the game was going to be focused on four player co-op, they're going, I guess it's going to be like four teams of four players doing PVP. He literally just tweeted that it's four (laughs) player co-op. And it's like seeing the people just find ways to extrapolate what their version of this game is. And maybe it will be. Maybe I'm wrong. But it's just so fascinating to watch the community. And I I definitely get the excitement because I was there watching that same leaked footage. but but you were yeah starting on Friday afternoon you were just started pasting things into our chat that I made did. sense to none of us but you were <laughs> a very excited boy about a, a, a spaceman with lightning for head yeah he looks great 
His head is lightning. Kata was shaking. Oh, yeah. Kata was in this room and is doing, yeah, it looked like, it looked yes. like, it looks like a man who has lightning ball head. Oh, man. There's a person who has a lightning ball head. Sure, yeah. And sorry. then two fancy, like, Beats by Dre headphones yes. orbiting around the lightning ball Space head. Space Beats by Dre. Space Beats yes. by Dre. Space by Dre. Very good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still excited about this. This comes out tomorrow. I'm, that's by all I'm going to say about No Man's Sky for now. I can't promise I won't dip back in later. But that has been my weekend of following stuff. I'm curious what your weekends have been. If they maybe they maybe they could stack up to my week of <laughs> reading Reddit and reset era threads. <laughs> Resetera? Reset era? I wish that reset era, but like I don't know. Yeah. What do I know? Yeah, I don't know. Either. My head's in the clouds. So did you visit the, the clouds? clouds? This weekend? What did you, you do know, this weekend? I visit I, you know, I did visit some clouds. I went to Fire Island. I went to a beach. There were clouds. Is this a weed thing? No. <laughs> okay. Not really. I mean, not on Fire Island. What are you doing on Fire Island? I don't know. What are you doing? There's on only Fire one bar. Okay. Okay. You get Fire kicked I- out of that bar. What do you do? Yes. Wasn't Fire, Fire Island like that like music festival that went to shit? No, that was the Fire Fest. Fire that Fest. was okay. Yeah. But I'm not ja okay, I'm not presents. totally off base, right? <laughs> no, it was fire. There was a fire there. You know, like I understand where that could have happened. Yeah. That was nice. We only were on the beach for like half an hour because it was so windy. But there was some beach and there was like tooting around the island. There was a bird who needed to be rescued. My friend rescued a bird. Uh, You know, Polygon's own Simone de Rochefort uh, rescued a little baby bird from a blueberry nest. She grabbed it and like Wait, from a blueberry net? It was like the blueberry netting around a bush oh like to prevent birds from stealing yes, the blueberries yes but it okay. got stuck in it uh-huh. and then you know she took it very gently in her hands and then like just like that meme and she just let and it and she let it go she let it go it was beautiful it was very dramatic Fire Island is that really long island near like on Long Island right yes but it's... you have to take a ferry from Long Island to get to it right because it's right off right it's actually not on Long Island I guess technically it's like, it's a... like across the way it's not a very big place but it's delightful you know, there's a lot of things like ice cream. And so there's one bar on that entire island? I, there might be more than one. Okay. I might. I, we just were theorizing, like, what do you do if you live on Fire Island? You get kicked out of that bar. You That's have to, it. like, you open get a second on the bar. ferry, go to Long Island, yeah. go to a bar there. And I hope the know. ferry keeps running after closing. I hope it does. I guess. You know, know. we're near the city that never sleeps when you're over there. So I don't know. What you got to do. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I played a game. What'd you play? I played Sonic Mania Plus. The actual Plus, even though I was playing the original Sonic Mania right after Plus came out. And then I started playing Plus, which has an encore mode with two new characters. That changes things up quite a bit because these new characters have very different uh, very different abilities. There so is, it's – yeah, what is it? Who is it? So it's Ray the Flying Squirrel. OK. So all right, let me be clear. I already have Sonic. Our, yeah. Who is a blue hedgehog who runs fast. Blue hedgehog who runs fast. It already has Miles, Tails, Prower. Right. Which is weird because the pun is in his regular name, not his – Nickname? It didn't work all that well. To it's not honest. Tails Miles Prower. Right. His name is just Miles Prower, Miles which is Prower. already a goofy video game name. Yeah. And also, people in that world call him Tails. Yeah, they're, it's because he has a tail that like windmills, yeah, I get it. you I know. Get it. And Knuckles is all three of them are the in the Echidna. original game. Yes, yeah. and he can climb things. Right with his knuckles. In the new game. In Plus, you can play Encore mode, which has like it, they sort of remix some of the colors around, which is nice. It's like instead of being, uh, you know, for example, Emerald Hill Zone, which is always like blue skies, very sunny. It's now a beautiful sunset in the background of that. So that's okay. very pretty. Uh, and there's two new characters. It's Ray the Flying Squirrel, who is a golden, beautiful squirrel, who does kind of a... <clears throat> 
you know how the flying works in Super Mario World with a little that little one time, one time, which that's like remarkable. Yeah, that's the sound it makes. Thank you. I've been watching someone play through Super Mario World recently. <laughs> well, well it, it's like that. So it's the cape. It's the cape. It's almost out. like the cape, but he obviously always has it because he's it's part of his body <laughs> as a flying squirrel. But he kind of has that little. It does like a tiny dip and and continues right. kind of flying. Uh, that kind of motion. That's his sort of special ability. And there's also Mighty, and I think he's also in Echidna. No, try again. Mighty the. Keep trying. Keep guessing. I know this. I don't have to look it up. Is he not a, he- a hedgehog? No, he's not a hedgehog. How dare you? <laughs> look at the, him. Look at him. That's not the, a... What is that? He looks a lot like Knuckles. That... Oh, my God. That's so rude. Nope. Knuck, look, he has more of a ketchup color. Also, where, Knuckles Knuckles isn't even an, a hedgehog either. No, he's an echidna. He's an echidna. Right. right. But what the hell is Mighty? I don't know. You tell me. I, I don't remember. Guess. Look at him. Mighty is a hamster. Rob, did you have your hand up? <laughs> Do you have a guess? Oh, no. I was just uh, rubbing look, my temples. I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking at Groundhog? I'm looking Mighty the Groundhog. Get the fuck out of my <laughs> Hold room. Hold on. Mighty Sonic Hedgehog. <laughs> I love this Mighty game. Mighty the... Mighty the... Oh, it was in Knuckles and Chaotix? Mouse? Mighty oh, I wouldn't, get, I wouldn't get this one. That looks I like don't... a hedgehog. He looks like a hedgehog, and he also looks a lot like Knuckles. In, in the sprites themselves, when you're playing the game, he yeah. looks a lot like Knuckles. I'm just saying. He has the same body type as Knuckles. He's, like, brawny and strong, and he has special abilities. He, uh, he's immune to spikes. Okay, so what What in the real world is immune to spikes? Uh, armadillo? Mighty the Armadillo. Oh, my God, I got That's it. That's what it was. He's an armadillo. Debuted in Chaotix featuring Knuckles, the uh, oh. the Echidna. Welcome to the next level in 32X World for the 32X. All right. Well, he also has a ground pound, which is really cool. Just like a real armadillo. Just like a real armadillo. He's which is like a Mario has... ground pound? Yeah, very much oh, so. He does like a little boom. Wait, so are these just two Mario characters that they built into, <laughs> into Sonic? <laughs> yeah. And just... And yeah. Wow. Yeah. You have like a deep soundboard of Mario noises. <laughs> you know, I didn't know you had hidden talent. The Mel Blank wow. of the uh, you know. Waypoint podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Rob. Oh. Thank you. The game is really great. Uh, it's really fun with the new characters. I'm enjoying playing with them, playing there... with new mechanics with them. So yeah, is it? Whoop! I hit my microphone. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Uh, are there new levels and stuff, or is it just like, new variations I, on the old levels? This, it's uh, just new variations of the old levels, but the characters are pretty different. So, you know, I, I'm actually finding very new routes that I didn't go through oh, wow. using Sonic or using Tails, basically. Cool. Especially with Ray, because he can obviously do the, the cool thing. Right. Um, and also, uh, it's slightly different, uh, very, very slightly different in structure, because in Encore mode, you sort of start with uh, a few characters. If you die with one of them, you oh. get to the next one. Or you can swap among them, which is really cool. So it's like, huh. oh, this area, I really want to climb this, so I'm going to switch to Knuckles and sort of climb up the wall instead of, cool. you know, jumping somewhere else. So it's actually really awesome, and I am – I feel like I'm really discovering some new stuff about a game I already liked. Cool. Also, it has really cool Genesis box art. Oh, right. I forgot. Like, actually, yeah. the Switch box looks like the red-banded, yeah. like, Genesis box. It's That's really, really cool. good with very, like, 90s marketing copy on the back. There's, like, a screenshot, and it's, like, you know – Graphics like they came out in 1999, which is very, very right. good. Yeah, so, that's good. That's yeah, good. it's rad. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Patrick, Rob, do y'all have fun weekends? No. <laughs> Terrible. I, I, don't oh, go viral is what I'll say. Yeah, you went viral. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Never went viral. Oh, you didn't yeah. hear about this, Rob? Did you actually Dude, miss I this? was offline for four days, and I was oh, so happy. Heaven. And I logged back in, and that fucking asshole was like, 
I don't know, chest like chest thumping toward the president of Iran, and I'm so fucking done with this shit. Like that was the that was yeah. me like logging back on, and I was like, I've had four days offline. How's the world doing? And the world is the same <laughs> as it ever was. Yeah, it's just we continue to live in this fucking psychodrama hellscape. Uh, <laughs> you know. So anyway, no, I wasn't following Twitter or viral content online. What well, did Patrick do? Because- well, so uh, what did Patrick want, do? Yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, okay, that's a whole separate conversation, Rob. But um, I, just, I don't want to go deep into the rabbit hole on all the James Gunn stuff that happened last week, even though I have lots of thoughts on it. Um, but I basically I tweeted about the situation, um, and then like I've had tweet, you know, having one hundred and fifty thousand whatever followers, like you tweet stuff and like you get stuff back, like that is the nature of the platform and having that many people. And if I, you know. Uh, if I tweet something like particularly interesting or shareable, uh, you know, it gets like a, a couple of thousand. Like that's a, like that's a good one. Like that's a mm-hmm. good good ass tweet is like a couple of thousand. You get those every once in a while. Um, but I'm not sure I've ever had one that has like truly escaped like velocity. Like I think this is the first mm-hmm. one that's gone like so far outside the sphere where I would open my phone and it's like like. I knew something was wrong when I posted the tweet and then TweetDeck immediately showed like 33 likes within like 20 mm. seconds of it posting. And I was like, oh no, that's a good sign, I guess, and a terrible sign. And then fortunately I went out the door to go pick up my kid and she was trying to grab my phone away from me. And I was like, maybe I'll just let her have it and just not and the children the shall leave my hands. <laughs> but then when I, I grabbed it back um, at some point while we were leaving uh, the restaurant we were at, and it, you know, it was like, it was that 15,000 likes? And I was like, right. oh boy, that's been like 45 minutes. Like, that's not a great sign of where we're at. And uh, yeah, it was weird. It was fine. Like, it was fine. I, I blocked uh, Mike Cernovich. Uh, hot tip to people out there on the tours here. This is a uh, th- this is a tip thanks to Casey Malone, actually, a uh, friend of the pod. That Shout out to Casey Malone. Uh, if you get retweeted by someone, um, uh, or even uh, quote tweeted by I forget how it works with quote tweet. If basically, if someone retweets you, um, if you block them, it removes the tweet from their timeline. They are not allowed to share your content, even oh, if it's post uh, retweet. And so, what ended up uh, triggering like a huge amount. I mean, there was it got shared a lot because it was like a big inflection moment and continues to be a big inflection moment. But uh, Mike Cernovich, you know, a, a GamerGate uh, a troll. Um, exploit exploiter like he is a horrible you know Pizzagate uh, uh, provocateur like awful human being but he retweeted it specifically clearly to just send a signal to the sky like oh hey you know go make this person's life hell right Um, but yeah if you rather than engaging with him I just blocked him and then a couple of minutes later that removed it and I still got all sorts of uh, gunk for the, the the rest of the weekend but that like severely blunted a lot of uh, some of the, the fallout. So it was weird. Yeah, the, I think the tweet ended somewhere around, I don't know when I checked this morning, like 38,000 likes or, you know, some odd tweets. But, but I think the closest, Austin, you had a truly viral tweet when uh, Twitter did this. You had your signatures joke, right? That went that, that, that went truly went, viral. Yeah. Right? That's maybe the, yeah, 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 yeah. That was weird. That was a weird one. Um, but that was like a fun one. <laughs> yeah, because well, what I got instead was just everybody. One, I got people being like, what's a signature? And I was like, I'm in a grave. I'm an old <laughs> man. Um, but I also got the – what I got was a lot of people doing the joke, their version of the joke. And that's fine. You know, that's like other people being funny. 
you know? That's it's that fine. fine. Austin I said it. it through grit no and one, teeth. No, you know, I love that. People it's my favorite thing. Tried online. to kill me, you know, or, or <laughs> send bomb threats at me, or tell me that I was a soy boy or whatever the fuck they're doing these days. You know, oh. did you use that yeah. new use that soy boy. soy boy is a big one these days. That's what they say. Uh, so. Yeah, that was fun. Different, different thing so entirely. I, <clears throat> it, uh, yeah. So it, it, trying to ignore all of that, uh, I, I spent my time uh, that I had uh, uh, with video games with Hollow Knight, uh, which I nice. Twenty five hours later, I, yeah. I managed to finish that. Uh, it's seventy six percent or so. Uh, apparently, I have not really finished it. Like there is a like true ending mm. that apparently is like worth uh, you know spending the extra like seven to ten hours to actually unlock i've already accidentally done some of the steps to take care of it so i may continue down that path uh, just to to, because apparently oh wait so you finished it it, but it doesn't it doesn't wrap and then you're done you get to stay in the world and like it it puts you right before the point that you you know you go to fight a boss and then that triggers an ending and then once you finish it uh it sends you back where you can just uh you can start a new game with a harder mode or you can um head back to where you were and continue exploring the world and try and find the different triggers that uh, set up. Uh, I think there are two different endings. Like there's, there's like a good ending and then a best ending. And um, like, it, it basically just requires you exploring the world and fighting increasingly more difficult uh, bosses in order to, to do that stuff. So like now it's the game is going to require me to like start, start using walkthroughs, right. uh, which is fine. But that's like, fine. Cause uh, you beat the game at this point. I, I already feel s- like I've seen a huge amount of, yeah, what was interesting about it to be with. Now I just need to figure out like, all right, like, the map in this game is actually not great um, at a certain mm. point. It gets very unwieldy, uh, and uh, so it, it's, the, it's the point where it's like, okay, like, if if I've somehow missed that the map doesn't really mark that there is another section you can go to, I'm not going to, like, go around the map, like, eight times, like, trying to figure out where it is. Like, all right, yeah. just fucking just show, me. show, me, the, show yeah. me the YouTube video that sends me to <laughs> the part of the map. And so, uh, yeah, truly tr- tremendous game. Uh, one of those games that, as I realized, the end game was in sight. Um regardless of whether I continue forward into the true ending stuff. Just a, a true delight. Like, actually sad every time you make progress. You're like, oh, ah, yeah. right, okay. Like, I'm about to enter the end room. Like, I see how this goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, well, yeah, but what a, a truly d- a delightful game. Um, uh, easily an all-time favorite already, as I've mentioned before. And if uh, if, you, if you haven't played it before, you know, again, I'll be effusive in my praise and saying you should truly, uh, even if you feel like you're burned out on those types of games, I think Hollow Knight is, is worth is well worth your time. Uh, I think Natalie is also getting close to the end of it, of Hollow Knight. Uh, I think maybe once both of you finish it, uh, whether or not I'm there yet, I'll be close probably, or at least I'll, I'll play enough to have a conversation about it. Uh, and I'm not that big of a spoiler. Like I'm not that afraid of spoilers. So we should do a spoiler cast of some sort. So, hey, if you have Hollow Knight questions or thoughts, feel free to send those into gaming at vice.com and use the subject. subject. Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. Uh, that sounds fun. Not quite a one-on-one, but like, uh, uh, hey, we're going to talk about this thing with spoilers. So send those in. Um, is Rob? Rob, are you there? Are you the back? General? Did Rob just sit back down? Rob did just sit back down. Hi, Rob. Hi, hey, Rob. What's up? How's hey. it going? Hi. Hey, Rob. Sorry, you were away for a second. I thought maybe it was time to talk to you about something important, which is earlier this morning you were on a call with me, and what you said was that you had a transcendental wargaming experience. <laughs> yes. And I did. Everyone laughed because that is your equivalent of saying you spent the weekend watching No Man's Sky fandom tear each other apart over clouds. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. And we are back to hear about the transformative, life-changing, <laughs> transcendental, transcendental weekend that Rob Zachney had with some some board games, some war games, war not games. board games, war games, not board games. I'm sorry, I would never. Yeah, I enjoyed a little weekend of World War One. Uh, that's cool. that's how I decided to spend my uh, my time in <laughs> Portland. Uh, I flew out to see Bruce Garrick from Three Moves Ahead, and um, Portland is beautiful. Had nothing but great weather. Didn't see shit. Didn't do shit. Sat inside with a stack of World War One board games. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I appreciate that you talk about this weekend the way I talk to the police. Didn't see shit, didn't do shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much. Uh, you know, there was a rumor that on a clear day you could see Mount Rainier. I couldn't tell you. I, I, I really couldn't. Uh, <laughs> you see Mount like, Blanc. Like, oh, I got back together with my college friends. We went out and got blackout drunk like we used to. Woo! And it's instead... Uh, yeah, instead we ran three different iterations of the uh, Von Schlieffen plan uh, to see how various <laughs> game systems... That? Can you spell that for uh, me? Schlieffen, uh, S-C-H-L-I-E-F-F-E-N. Uh, we don't know enough to question him on this. He could be bullshitting <laughs> making us. It up. He's making it up as he goes along. That's it. Yep. Rob's this kind of smart person that could, you don't, could, could con us. When it comes to the Von Schlieffen plan, you don't make it up as you go along. That's the entire point of the Von Schlieffen oh. plan. The problems crop up when people start making it up as they go along, which is what historically happened, and that's why Germany ended up losing World War I. I see. Um, although modern scholarship says that the plan was fucked from the start. Anyway, point is... <laughs> okay. uh, so, I played three World War I board games. Different uh, ones. Different ones. All about the same war. Yes. And I played the each of them. The Von plan was one of them? It's just named this? Pardon? It, one of them is just named the Von Schlieffen plan. Oh, one of the games? Yeah. No. Oh, uh, I see. No, he's just deeper the in the topic yes. of the game. Yes. I, you know, I'm just trying to keep score. That's all. That's my game right here. All right, I'm sorry. It's fine. This so, is like It's like saying, uh, Danielle, it would be like if you were saying you spent the weekend playing three different games about the Federation Cardassian War. I you see, know what I mean? I see. I like, got you. Thank you actually more for catching it in terms of understand. zoom in a little bit more to the point where you're like talking specifically about some sort of Cardassian. Wolf 359, I right, understand. You could, right. That's exactly it. It would be a very specific thing like <laughs> yeah. Wolf 359. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so the thing is um, – there's three really interesting war games that have completely different approaches to modeling uh, this conflict, and it was just really cool going back to back to back to see how three game design, like three teams mm. of game designers, using completely different like mechanics and ways of interpreting what happened and what was important in uh, the historical outcome, arrive at three completely like divergent game experiences about the exact same topic, uh, and so it's. 
it was funny seeing how like certain elements of the history will crop up in one game but be completely invisible in another uh, but then a different part of the story becomes extremely salient in a different game uh, that the other two miss. Um, but probably can, my you, f- can you dig in just a little bit there? Like not enough to where like oh, I, yeah. don't I can know dig shit in. No, about no, no. This. Say oh, no more. Yeah. Say no I'm more, sorry. Austin. I'm sorry. We can <laughs> dig in. I fucking thir- so, the thirst trap was set. Let me the World let me War tell I you. Thirst trap was set. My curiosity got the better of me. We're digging into a trench right now. All right. <laughs> Uh, yes, very good poll. Uh, trench warfare. How do games <laughs> handle trench warfare? Huge question when it comes to World War One. Important question. Uh, and the answer is uh, the, the war opens. The bloodiest phase of the war is the opening uh, few months before pe- everyone's dug in. And then it settles into trenches. And basically it's just who's going to be the last, the last nation standing. But so an example of, of a way a game... Uh, makes this story, like, brings to life a certain aspect of the history that others might not. Uh, probably the, my favorite game of the weekend that I played was a game called Fields of Despair. Mm, great. Uh, what yeah. a lighthearted name. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And it is a uh, block-driven war game. So when you're playing across from somebody, you're looking at your little wooden blocks. It's like Stratego, but for war gamers. It's like serious mm. Stratego. And... The cool thing is, each block could be a stack of up to 20 strength points, or it could be a block with just four. And Ooh. when you remove a strength point, you just turn it like on its side, so that now the, like, it goes from 20 to 19, and the 19 is on the top, and that's, that's how you tell. But the cool thing is, the game has a stacking limit of three blocks per hex. And so the thing True. is, yeah. as you're playing your opponent... They will bluff you constantly by showing you, like, oh, man, I'm pushing these massive stacks of armies at you. But, but you, you don't, don't know, know what's... Can you see the top stack? No. Can you not see You anything? can't see... All you, you see is the blocks. So you see, like, oh, there's three blocks there, but you have no idea that if there's three blocks. That could be three, three or 60. Right. That's hard to guess. That is very hard to guess. And so it's like Netrunner, but with, like, mustard gas. Absolutely. Uh, and you do have to prepare for the mustard gas. Um, but so this, this was a really cool thing. The the part of the story this gets across is, um, so it starts out the Germans, the, the von Schlieffen plan is all about like getting around all the French fortifications and delivering this massive, uh, like right hook, uh, to the North of Paris where like the French had no defensive preparations. Their armies were not deployed and they damn near make it. But the problem that begins to happen uh, for the Germans is the commanders on the scene begin getting increasingly paranoid about what is mm. around them because they just don't know. And they're really spread out compared to where they were at the start of the war. And so they start hedging their bets at the exact moment when they shouldn't be doing this. They need to stick to the plan and just go straight to Paris. Stick to the plan. That's what you said. Mm. But all of them start being like, I think, I think we're fucking this up. Like, I think there's, I think there's French armies out around us. There's, I know there's French troops like all around us. We need to start guarding against this. We need to start hedging our bets and proceeding more cautiously. And this is what allows the French to sort of rally. And the German armies actually become so conservative. They end up turning uh, too far South and exposing the flank to the French armies. And Uh they get just absolutely destroyed. So that's the history of it in this game. What, what really delighted me 
is that both me as as the French player, the French British player, and uh, Bruce as the German player, both of us have that moment of. At first, I become really like. I I really become fixated on holding my initial positions, and I'm really slow to react to the fact that the Germans have broken through. Uh, across to the north because I'm really fixating on all these stacks directly across from me in the south and so I'm really slow to respond to the fact that like he's just pouring across northern France and by the time I realize like wait that's where they all are I'm fucked and so I have this like these turns of like absolute panic just everybody trying to race back to Paris and, and get ahead of this German assault but the German players seeing all these stacks start to propagate around his right hook and now he's like i have no idea what's over there like right is that is that the french army like is is, is it actually like <laughs> my favorite internet meme yeah <laughs> is that the french army <laughs> yeah no so it's it's this cool moment of like you're sitting there as the, he's saying there's the german player and he is surrounded by some kind of french forces but he mm-hmm. doesn't know if it's just like a scratch force of like just like you know a screening force that is nothing or if that's the main french army and so the german player also starts to like spread out and start to dilute their their attack uh because you just don't know where the actual fight's going to be right uh and How so could you yeah and well one of the ways you can later in the game is um this is where air combat comes in you can deploy air tokens to reveal a stack but you can also send your air tokens to dogfight against theirs and conceal uh, what's there, and so it ends up just being it ends up being a really really cool game because you are constantly dealing with these massive levels of uncertainty, um, and a lot of it becomes this game of bluffing and mind games and figuring out like, yeah, the, like the enemy has all these positions. but what do they actually care about? What are they actually trying to mm-hmm. do at this exact moment? And that's something. I am hard-pressed to name any war games that have... Like, block games are nothing new, but one that has this kind of variability is really strange, but really fits the theme of, like, these armies are titanic. Um, but... But they have no idea. They But they have no information. Right. They're 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 titanic and, and don't know what's right in front of them. Right. They're just heavyweights, like, flailing blindly in the dark. <laughs> cool. So, wait, how does that same experience show up in another one of the games you played. Maybe we don't need to do the full all three of the games you played, but yeah. but how does the the that thing of like hey, the fast advance gets gets thrown into disarray because you don't have information show up in uh in in one of the other games you played? Yeah, um so well, it's interesting. It becomes less about information in and so the other game we played is a game called Paths of Glory, uh which is a really uh, sort of pivotal war game that introduced uh, card-driven, a lot of card-driven mechanics. It really re- refined them. So Twilight Ooh. Struggle is in some ways a descendant of Paths of Glory. Twilight um, Struggle is also fucking fantastic. So Great game. This is, yeah. this is more of a deck-builder uh, approach, gotcha. but it's played sort of openly, but you don't know what the other guy has, has in their hand. And so you're uh-huh. si- you're sitting there, and they could have a hand that basically allows them. Every card has ops values, and so if a card has four, that's four actions you can take off of that card. You get, like that so when card. you say the game is really quickly, when you say that the game is played openly, what that means is that the the, the, the board, tokens, 
the yeah. token stuff on the map, you're like, oh yeah, that army has X is worth yes, X or that, 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 that value. Right. But you but don't know don't what know. someone can actually activate. Like mm. you have a huge army okay. there. You have two huge armies, and if you can make them all move, then you got a real offensive okay. going. But what if right. you got a bunch of shitty cards that only have values of one, and you can't actually make much happen at all? Uh-huh. Uh, the other, but really, the the point of this game that it's that it's trying to bring across is um, the thing the Germans have to be worried about. It's less about where are the French, where are the French. It's more about where are the Russians. Um, how quickly are the Russians going to start steamrolling through Eastern Germany? Because to make this push happen against France, we basically left the back door completely unguarded. (laughs) And so the thing you can, you see unfold in that game is the French are falling back and back and back. And they're like, the German armies are more powerful and, uh, the French are desperately trying to mobilize and bring out, uh, fresh troops. Uh, and... One thing they can do, though, to pressure the Germans is they can actually sort of stand pat on the Western Front a little bit and start playing their cards for the Russians and getting huh. them to mobilize. And now the German player is like, well, I'm making all this, these advances. But the French aren't even... They're just, like, letting defensive actions occur. Uh, they're not being proactive. Right. And the Russians are almost in Berlin at this point. So... Can I actually continue with this attack, or do, do I need to start shipping troops back to back Germany? home? Yeah. Are the Russians in that game a player faction, or are those yeah, just yeah. A... so it's 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 basically central powers versus allies. It's two players, okay. So Not you control effect. everybody. Um, right. So you control the Germans, the Austrians, later the uh, later Turkey, um, and the Entente controls UK, France, and and Russia and Serbia. Uh, and is it like is it like Twilight Struggle in that like? The over time, the board state changes to reflect like uh, moments in yep. the war. Okay, gotcha. it tries cool. to. Uh, the cards all have like in Twilight Struggle. The cards all have events that are like tied to historical, uh, you know, occurrences. But again, you can also delay those events from happening uh, by playing it for the ops points. Like you can bring Italy into right. the war, but the Italy card is, I think, ops value five. So do you want to do you want to bring Italy in as an ally and get access to the resources, right. or do you just want to take five actions in one turn? But then right. that card gets buried, and you have to wait to draw it again. Uh, for people who have no idea what any of these types of things sound or mean, uh, I will recommend because you know it's not the same thing. But but the but Twilight Struggle is is a game that has that that same sort of card system with ops points, uh, and there is a really decent um, iPad and PC version of Twilight Struggle. It's great. Uh, and Drew's, Drew Scanlon and I did a did a quick look oh. for it back at Giant Bombs. So maybe go dig that up if you want to see us. Oh, we were all learning the game for the first time at that point, and uh, so you know we only played through maybe one or two phases of it, but it was uh, a lot of fun. So so go check that out. Nice. Um, anyone playing anything else? Anyone else? Was that the was that the the basic length of your your uh, transcendental board gaming experience? I'll be honest. It doesn't sound like you've changed that much. It sounds like you've just become the the best version of yourself already, Rob. Well, why wouldn't that be what I want? Like, that's the, that's that's the change fair. I desire, yeah. Austin. That like, is, that's fair. Yeah, That's uh, what we can all hope to achieve, yeah. Austin. 
Okay. Maslow's, you know, hierarchy of needs. Like he, he's at the top of the pyramid. Now. Rob is. Rob is yes. on top of the Maslow's. Okay, I thought you meant for everybody at the very top. Once you've dealt with food, once you've dealt with, <laughs> is Rob. with shelter, is Rob. Then you get access. Then you can focus on your Rob. This is yes. why there's so much sadness in the world. Is like sadly, sadly, there people cannot be fulfilled because there's only one of me. And so, so people are like, this is the this is actually the source of post post uh, modernity. Uh, which is, of course, the realization that nothing will satisfy you. Uh, you'll never yeah. be happy or complete. Uh, mm-hmm. For you've arrived not at the top of the pyramid, but at the final step below acquiring a rob. Oh. Gotcha. Pre-rob state. I started playing. You've been robbed. That's why they call it that. That's why they call it that. I did start um, playing King of Dragon Pass. Oh hell yeah! Oh. Uh, nice. On the on the plane. Uh, nice. That was pretty cool. Uh, I am totally groping my way forward again, like blindly in that game. I just things are happening. Tribes yep. are pissed off at me. I'm yep. not entirely like. Do, should I go fucking these people up? Should I go like yeah. try to make nice with yes. them? Should I give them? Some it is cattle? good. Your ancestors are honored when you go fuck people up in that game. Oh, you come from a you come from a, 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 a you know a, a, an ancestry that is all about. Going to fuck people, but not killing them. To be clear, like that's like one of those big things in that game that's really interesting. It's like it's like it's ritual combat. Go- yeah, it's ritual combat. There are rules uh, here, which is like I'm trying to steal your fucking cows. Get away from me! I'm going to steal your cows. I'll cut you if you don't let me steal your cows. And it's fine to do that. It's fine to be. That's awesome. What's bad is if you cut someone so bad they die. And then it's like, yo, you killed somebody over some cows. I'm assuming medicine isn't amazing in this world. It's, it's a thing you can invest in. It's, Is it? Yeah, if you have good, if you have good healers, you could go to war and come back and be like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm all healed up." All right. Yeah. You like when you allocate, uh, you have like trained soldier units, like heroes. You like basically like pick, pick picked soldiers. You have footmen, just dudes with spears, and then you have auxiliaries, healers, and uh, yeah, you put enough of those in the hopper, and they will prevent deaths. Um, All right. But I had a very amusing incident with a troll, for instance. Hell yeah. Um, I'm sure you know <laughs> where like this story is going, Patrick. Austin. Uh, I'm sure yeah. you remember the well, event. There's a couple of trolls in King of Dragon Pass. You tell me. Uh, yeah, so a so, little preface for this. Uh, there's this dude, like, um, Orin or something like that. Anyway, we had this battle against this other tribe, and he just fu- went, like, just went ham on these guys. Just, okay. like, come, we, we just went, it came out of nowhere fucked up their entire army, like, killed their wizard. It was awesome. This is like a, for people who don't know, I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I, again, I've streamed this game a bunch of times. You can find it. Uh, it's like Viking fantasy, Norse fantasy adjacent. It's like the okay. very quick and dirty uh, yeah. uh, analogy that I'll give. But, it's, but it, like, plays a lot more just like a storybook. Uh, yeah. And, and so, it's like, like a storybook with, like, a num- you, it's like a storybook that also, on the lower left, you'll always know how many cows you have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've made games like this. Yeah. <laughs> Not nearly, I'm sure, as good by any means, but um, of the ilk. Yeah. But so this so this guy is like, holy shit, it turns out this guy's our best warrior. This this will put him in the front of every battle. A couple months later, a troll warrior shows up. Oh shit. And she's like, yo, you humans think you're tough, huh? I hear your mm-hmm. I hear your clan thinks you're you're pretty much all that. Well, I'm here to challenge you. I'm going to fuck you guys up and show you show you're nothing compared to trolls. So, so, who you got? Who wants to go? And she picks up a boulder at that point and like spikes it and just pulverizes it to dust. And all the warriors in the tribe are just like, 
oh, this isn't good. Like, uh-huh. and so all my advisors, you can you can sort of query your advisors, like, hey, what what should I do here? All my advisors were like, uh, actually, you know, she has no even standing to bring a challenge. Like, what the, what's this troll doing oh, here? Like, I don't oh. even think why pick up this challenge. You don't need to. We have nothing to prove. Gaslighting. And I was like, no, I've got Oren, and he's gonna fuck up that troll. So I was like, Oren, get in there. And I was like, I got this. And Troll's like, all right, this this who you picked? Hell yeah, it is. She's like, great. Time for the eating contest. <gasps> That's not the sort of contest it was supposed to be. No. And so Oren. she just starts like fucking pounding down stew and like sausages <laughs> and shit. Who makes the stew and, and the sausages? I don't know. She's just scamming I, you for dinner. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so we prepare the feast, and she's eating all this shit, and Oren's like, uh, I guess I'm going to try to pack away some of this stuff, but my stomach's kind of acting up, and he taps out after, like, a couple oh. bowls, and she just eats, like, the village out of food, and she's like, well, I told you, trolls are best. See y'all later. Bye. Uh, so can I spoil one of the other outcomes for this, Rob? Yeah, this go. one event? Do you mind if I do this? So there's one way to win this, which is... So you have a – you mentioned you have a hero. Like the, this game, like proc gen is strong, but it randomly generates names and face yeah. – or like pulls from a pool of faces yeah. for all of the kind of your council members, the, the wise people who can guide you and your family and your tribe down the, the, the future. And you have your people who are from like the the death you know cult clan and you have people who are from like the sun – or not the sun clan. They're actually pretty anti-sun. The storm the storm god clan or you know family. And of course you have the, the trickster god people. And so if you happen to have a trickster on your clan council at that point, you can use the trickster as your duelist. And what it says is uh, the trickster may lose, but if you do win, this is what happens. Your trickster exclaims, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. And he did, somehow gulping down a roan stallion before it could get out more than a startled knicker. Then he kept going, eating two cows the same way. The Carls watched with horrified fascination, too shocked to complain. Amulguk, the, the uh, troll, called for a cow as well and ate it somewhat more slowly. But she could only manage a dozen cabbages more and had to concede defeat. Anytime, come to cave for dinner. Uh, um, your trickster belches, knocking a low-flying thrush out of the sky. As agreed, Amulguk gave us a golden crown, which appeared to have a few bites taken out of it. It's a really good game. Wow. It's a really good How game. How does the trickster eat the cows? He's a trickster. What are you going to do? Or he made it look like he Who could ate say? The cows. Who could say? Did your cow counter go down? That's the question. That's the truest, you know, like actual, that number uh-huh. is, is truth and reality. It is. And if it wasn't affected, you know then that you know he did conjured not, he, a fake cow. A fake cow, cow and ate pretended it. Pretended to eat, yeah. But he did say he could eat a horse, so, I mean, maybe... He did eat that horse. I don't know. Maybe the horse. Uh, I have not had time to put more time into Six Ages, which is like the sequel slash spiritual successor to this game, to, to King of Dragon Pass, uh, because I just haven't been in the right headspace for it. Like, I need to be in a very specific, like, all right, I'm going to sit down with my iPad and turn off Twitter and turn off the rest of the world. I'm not going to play Hollow Knight. I'm not going to watch something on TV while I'm playing a game. Like, I'm just going to play this. Cross-country like, flight. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To a place Get you're going to play your favorite games about your favorite wow. topic. Yeah, World War One and trolls. <laughs> trolls eating no, horses. I mean, awesome. The, the plane can take you anywhere. Do you want to go to cyberpunk land? You can just no, go yeah, there. I mean, you can yeah. be like, all I right. You already live there. This, this I kind of already live. Oh, we got a good, we got a new one. We got a new one, by the way. 
We got a new URL. It's been a while since we busted one of these out. I'd like everybody uh, on the old uh, internet to go ahead and type in uh, cyberpunk.university. Wow. <laughs> Which redirects now to Waypoint. Good. And it, it's good. I lo- What I love is that it's a, a masked redirect, so it just says cyberpunk.university at the top. Yeah, and it it's, stays. It stays. That's what I like to see. Uh, shout outs to uh, who who did that one? Do you remember? I don't remember which which who, who set that you. up. But thank you so much for setting up Cyberpunk University. Um, no, my version of your thing is just Scythe, right? It's just uh, the World War One, post World War One, pre World War Two, but mechs, which I've never played and really want to. Gotcha. Um, that's that's where I would like to get on a plane too. Oh well. Um. I think that's that's pretty much it. We should go into the question bucket, maybe. If Pretty people are good dip. for that, take a quick dip in the question bucket and, and answer some questions before we head out today. If you have questions, you can send them over to gamingadvice.com. Uh, and the first one is a holdover. I wanted to do this one last time, but I ran out of time. It comes in from Morgan, who says, hey, Waypoint, my name is Morgan, and I'm from Utah, one of the few, probably. My question is, when probably one of the few people who listen, there's a lot no, of I people totally. in Utah, to be yeah. clear. Only a couple of Morgans out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, my question is, when playing difficult games, how do you stay calm when playing? I've played all three Dark Souls games, and I've often gotten about halfway through before I just can't handle it anymore and quit. Do you have any suggestions as to staying calm and not raging at infuriating video games? When I was a full-time reviewer of games, sometimes I had to play extremely difficult games in a very fast manner. What I would do once I got really, really stuck is I turned the sound off entirely. Mm. There's one game called like Alien Spidey, I think is the name of it, that was just like a ridiculously difficult 2D platformer. Just really, really punishing. Really, really, really hard. Um, like the developers put a stream on of them playing it and failing it more than 80 times and like it was like what a selling point (laughs) i put on either a podcast or like a gdc talk something that will actually really really take my mind off things Uh, i completely turn the sound off and just focus entirely on like just match the visuals to like the beat of the talking basically that's sort of a weird thing i focus on but yeah completely taking off some of the sensory stimulus putting something else to replace it that won't piss me off and going from there that's a really good idea that's a really really smart idea rob and patrick do y'all have any uh, techniques here oh um so i'm trying to remember so when i've encountered situations so i the uh feeling they're describing i feel like is a similar sort of mental space i get into if i hit like writer's block or something mm. like that it's the i feel like writer's block is often a similar sort of feeling where you're just bashing up against something and you're not quite sure how to go forward um and this is not a trick that's going to be applicable uh, to everyone, but this was a trick that would work for, for me sometimes, is that, like, being buzzed, <laughs> having, like, a drink and a half uh. um, was the kind of thing that got me to just, like, loosen up in a way that didn't impact my ability to, uh, like, physically play something or stay mentally sort of, like, fully engaged, but got me to just sort of, like, ugh. Like, okay, just, like, let it go a little bit. I found that that was useful on certain pieces um, uh, that I've written in the past where it's, like, you know, like, late at night or something. It's, like, 9 o'clock, and it's, like, okay. It's, like, I have, like, a small glass of whiskey, and, like, by the by the end of that, like, I suddenly just find myself, like, humming through it in a way that I was not before. Um, and I haven't... 
at this point, I've played so many difficult video games that I don't really need those sort of, like, mechanisms. And, right. and like, people have different relationships with alcohol, so I'm not, like, <laughs> advocating everyone. Should go. I'm just saying <laughs> maybe you have a different version of that. Like, maybe maybe it's weed maybe it's whatever like but if there's like some sort of like personal indulgence that like gets you to like let down a little bit of uh like your hang-ups like uh i have found that to be like very useful for situations like that whether it's a, a difficult game um or a writer's block or, or something similar it's a good one that's also a good one rob do you i you know i'm just thinking about how off- much i miss smoking right now <laughs> I was such a good gamer when I was like, oh, fuck this. And like, just step, like, step away from the desk, go outside, enjoy the fresh air, the cool of the night, have a cigarette, calm down, think about how I was going to tackle, uh, tackle that problem, you know, in a, in a new way or, or sort of wrestle with it a little bit. Go back inside, continue and repeat as needed. Um, sadly, I can't do that anymore. And, uh, it's been downhill since. Um, <laughs> no, I. So something I found myself. I quit games a lot. Like not quit, quit, yeah. and like leave them. But like something I notice now, I do a lot is. I'll have a shitty match, or I'll have I'll suffer a bad setback, and I'm like I'm done, and I quit. And then I go to something else for like five minutes. I load the dishwasher or something, or just or or just like you know. Read a book, run a quick errand, whatever. And then, what do you know? I'm starting to jones for that game again. I'm like, oh, I could, you know, I could. Now, now that I've stepped away from it a little bit, I think I go back because I still want to play it. And now I'm feeling a little refreshed, and I'm still engaged with it. And I'll just fire back up. And uh, so I get the like, I have the cathartic moment of being like, closing that. We're done here. But then I'm right back in it, like you know, five right. ten minutes later. That's a good, uh, I, I think that's probably the closest to what I do. Um, I will sometimes even just like run to the store or like sometimes I'll load up a different game for seriously 30 seconds, 45 seconds. But this isn't, this isn't what I want to be you doing. You see the menu and you're <laughs> like, this isn't right. This isn't right. I'm in the middle of this other thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to that platforming puzzle. Fine. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's, that's definitely closest for me. I don't have like a trick. I Mine is just like a... I, I think for me, most of the time, it's just about going in to a game with expectations set for what that game is going to do and not playing things I don't think I'll enjoy, if that makes sense. Um, like, I like the Souls games, and we were just talking about this on the Bloodborne stream the other day, that, like, I'm totally cool with dying because of my perspective on it is, like, each death is meaningless. Each death still allows for what I'm fe- what feels like progress to me. Um, it's one of the reasons why I actually the my beef with Bloodborne is about the blood vials because that stops me from always being able to go do Ugh. something new. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and and it like pulls me away from focusing on the forward progress of figuring out a boss or like as long as I'm focused on that stuff, even when I lose, even when I lose and my equipment gets whatever it is, like I'm still feeling like I'm making forward progress because I have that mindset. But there are totally games that I go into and I'm like, man, fuck this. Like I'm not if I get if I you know, there was definitely a part a point when I got stuck in like a gunfight in the first Uncharted forever ago. And I was like, man, fuck this. This isn't yeah. why I'm playing this game. This isn't what I'm not interested in this, right? Uh, and and would walk away from it, you know, or like not, you know, not feel the urge to finish that thing because 
it's getting in the way of what my the experience I wanted. So for me, it's a lot of pre-game, like getting my head in the right place. Um, and that's part of the problem that I've hit with Hollow Knight a little bit was like, oh, I didn't – the platforming is here and I like the really early light platforming stuff. But now that it's a challenge that's stopping me from seeing the world and sometimes mm-hmm. even meeting an NPC or two, that feels frustrating because what I'm here for is to see the NPCs and explore the world more than precise platforming challenges. And I haven't hit any that have made me st- stop the game completely at this point. But definitely it's been easy to be like, well, I'll play some more Octopath Traveler or uh, I'll play some more of this. And so that is definitely – or like Octopath is another great one, which is like my expectations were set. I know the party isn't going to be like showing up on each other's quest lines and having those expectations set means when it doesn't happen, I'm cool with it because I know it's not going to happen. It's one of those things that's like important for me to read about games ahead of time sometimes. One of the reasons I'm not like very spoiler phobic is I tend to really enjoy things that I already know the general structure to and, and even some of the big plot twists or any some of the big like story bo- moments or beats. I love seeing how something – Knowing where something's going sometimes can make it really enjoyable to see where it's going uh, or see how it gets there rather. So that that can be uh, useful for me. Um, or that's also another great one. It's just like spoil something for yourself. What do you get for beating this really hard boss fight? Do you get something cool? That has made me like a little more chill because it's like, OK, I can see a little bit ahead. That makes me excited to push through this hard moment or something like that. I have one other. Please. That I've definitely used in my life to yes. constructive uh, – Effect is to do a lot of push-ups. You get mad. It's like actually getting out aggression in in a lot of ways. Or if you have a punching bag or something like that or a pull-up bar, like doing like just a little set of mm. exercise can make you feel less aggressive and feel like, yeah, that's right. If you're a bro like me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. That's that's a great one for sure. Uh, let's there was one. someone who did a stream about souls, I think, where they had to do an exercise routine every time they died. Was it, it might have been push-ups. Was that can't not remember. Push-Up it's, Club? Was that not Dave Lang's Push-Up Club? I mean, that might have been a variant of it. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, I know, I know that it was a thing, too, but someone has done something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a healthy way to get out aggression. Totally. Thing. If totally. you're pissed off at the game and it's like, all right, let me get out a little bit. Um, so this is a really good question that came in a little while ago and I'd seen it and misread it and I was like, oh, I don't know that we can actually answer this question. But I recently reread it and I was like, oh, no, this is actually really good. So, hey, Wayfarers, uh, I've been enjoying my time with Warhammer Vermintide 2 but it hasn't really gotten me interested in the whole universe. That said, I'm always looking for a way into different uh, IPs as I'm willing to give them a try. I just need a good jumping off point. Since all of you have your various interests, where would you recommend people get started in them? Uh, please mention, by the way, the Waypoint Game Jam Big Boy Season is going on right now. And for all of July, I think it ends in, on July 6th. You can find out a link on the form. Uh, so forum.waypoint.advice.com or discourse.zone. Uh, there is a there is a, a ongoing page. August 6th. What did I say? I said July 6th. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. It goes on until August 6th. I think you can enter. Uh, there's an itch.io page itch.io slash jam slash big hyphen boy hyphen season for for more on that uh i'm excited to see these games some cool um but uh but yeah so i think that's an interesting one because i think we all have our various interests our various favorite you know fictional worlds and game series and book series and films and tv shows what's something that you know that like people like or you think people would like it if only they could break into it somewhere and what's a great suggestion to get them in anybody I I actually did this exercise with horror movies, whether it was, oh, really? I can't if it was last year or the year before, where I made two different lists. I made a list, uh, like every October I do something 
called Shocktober, which is not a unique name, but it's mm-hmm. where my wife and I compile a list of uh, movies to watch every day of the month and end up only watching like 10 of them. But it's just like an exercise and trying to come up with a mixture of like old favorites and, and new stuff. But then I also did a list that was like, oh, here, like if you have been curious about horror, if it, like maybe you saw Hereditary and was like, oh shit, like maybe I do like horror movies. Uh, let's see if I can find that list. Give me, give me a second. If someone else has an answer right away, I'm gonna see if I can find that list that I made. I have a skip list for Farscape. Do you? Because I think the uh, first season is very rough. It has some great stuff, but it's very rough, especially until the end. I'll also look for my skip list. <laughs> it's definitely on the sort of skip list uh, website. Uh, Rob, do you have one while people are looking for their skippable. things? Skippable. It's on skippable.tumblr. Okay. Uh, just Google skippable Tumblr. Farscape. I have it's a whole thing. All it's annotated, like uh, the whole thing is right there. It's it's set for you, my friend. Awesome. Uh Rob, do you have one of these? The Guns of August is a really incredible book by Barbara yeah, Tuckman. Okay. Uh mm-hmm. and I think, you know, if you if you if you give that a shot, uh you'll really know by the end of that if World War One fandom is for you. Uh, now, some people say the later seasons dragged on quite a bit. Uh, not a lot happened. Seasons, yeah, sure. Winter and such. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think if you look, if you sort of scratch beneath the surface and you're not just looking for, like, you know, lines moving on a map, there's a lot of dynamism and development that happens, uh, you know, acro- across the entire history of that war. But uh, Guns of August is a good place to get in. And uh, Alistair Horne's uh, Verdun, 1916, The Price of Glory is a, a right, good place sure. to, to see where that where that's going to continue. Sure. Uh, for me, it's pretty I easy. found it. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, all you. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, just do a Google search. Uh, it's an article on Kotaku called 31 Movies for Horror Newcomers. Um, and yeah, I, I, I kind of run the gamut of, you know, you know old, older films, you know, basically like my familiarity with horror. I don't know a whole lot about horror, like, pre 60s uh but you know it runs the gamut from you know suspiria to uh uh to trick-or-treat to quantity cool. and martyr and like a whole bunch it runs yeah. a bunch of stuff that's like there's there's gore stuff mm-hmm. there's uh thriller stuff there's it's kind of if you just like want a broad like ha like i want to see like the spectrum of like horror films um from the last couple of decades uh if you search for that that will give you uh a kind of a different sense of uh, different subgenres within horror itself that was uh, self-selected by me. So yeah, 31 movies go. for horror newcomers. Nice. Universal Century 0079, the jungles of Southeast Asia. During the one-year war, the Earth Federation and the Principality of Xeon are fighting a brutal guerrilla war for control of the area and its resources. Xeon's best hope, hope for victory in the region rests with an experimental mobile armor, the Apsalis and its oh, pilot, Ina Sahalin. Meanwhile, the Earth Federal Army, which has been fighting Zeon in the region, received reinforcements in the form of Ensign Shiro Amada, newly named commander of the 08th Mobile Suit Team. Aina and Shiro have met each other from a mutual rescue in space. But when Shiro discovers that Aina is in fact p- the pilot of the Zeon Mobile Armor, he is arrested for treason. The Federation offers Shiro one chance at redemption. He must take the 08th MS Team deep into Zeon-held territory to find Zeon's hidden base. With the Zeon backed into a corner, and the Federation depended on Shiro and his team for victory, 
the star-crossed lovers must decide where their true allegiances lie, with each other or with their respective sides. Uh, 08th MS team is uh, my, like, this is how you should learn. This is how you should try out Gundam for the first time. Um, there is a billion Gundam shows. There are a billion mecha properties even more broadly than that. But I really think that 08th MS team is a great entryway into what is mecha anime and what is Gundam specifically. And you can tweak what you like about it to find something else to go do. So, like, it's a show about, like it says, uh, it's it's kind of like Vietnam by way of Gundam. Uh, you're following like low-level characters who are in beat-up mechs, who are you know, op- you know operating behind enemy lines in jungles, in urban environments. It's like as it, on its own, it's really good, but you know, it's filled with uh, so many variations of stuff that shows up uh, more fo- in a more focused way in other properties. So, oh, do you really like the idea that it's a it's a mech anime that? takes uh, war seriously, then from that, you can go watch 0080, War in the Pocket, which is like uh, really deconstructs the entire idea of um, kind of uh, uh, – what's the word? Like romanticizing war Mm. but from a child's perspective. Like it's a show that opens with a child drawing a big mech and then the rest of that show is like, oh man, maybe mechs are actually fucking terrible and they shouldn't exist at all. Um, if you really like the big super-powered weapons that show up in, in OHMS team, then you can go to this other show. Or if you really like the relationships between people all on the same side who are like, you know, uh, uh, like military buddies, then you can go watch this other show. Like it's a really great jumping off point in different directions. Um, and, I, and also it's just good in its own right. Um, it's also only 12 episodes. And that is like a huge, huge thing with me and anime in general is like so many big anime series are you know, 26 episodes or 25 episodes and then a second season of 25 episodes. And 08th MS team, again, it's 08th, like 08th MS. 08th, MS team. M for Mobile Suit. MS team. Mobile Suit Gundam, the 08th MS team, is like my, oh, this is how you can get into Gundam in general. It's also from this like very great little moment of, it's from the mid-90s when it was made. And so it has just enough of like, the old style of animation, it's pre like CG stuff. Um, and so it, it has just enough of the flair of like the late eighties, early nineties anime style, but it's still pretty crisp in terms of like it's, it's looks. Um, so that's my, that is my, how you get into this thing I care about suggestion. Nice. That's an easy one. So I think I mean, that's, that almost felt like a waypoint. That was it. That was my way. Uh, no, cause I have one, I have one real waypoint. This oh, week. okay. And we switched to waypoints and then wrap it up. My waypoint this week is sorry to bother you, which I finally oh, saw. Oh, good. Um, which which Kata was giving us uh, giving me a, 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 a thumbs up here. Um, uh, uh, it's a movie by Boots Riley, who is a uh, director and rapper, and is just like a general cool dude. Uh, it stars Lake at Stanfield, who you might know from Atlanta. Uh, it is. A really fascinating movie. I really enjoyed it. I, I think the third act maybe doesn't hit the hit the ground running as as well as it needs to, but maybe that's okay. Um, the va- basic pitch is: if you haven't seen any trailers, uh, Lincoln Stanfield plays a kind of down on his luck dude who is uh, living in Oakland and like bouncing from job to job, and he goes to work at a call center. And while there, uh, another character. Um, encourages him to start using his white voice in order to get better sales and he's good at it. And what ends up happening is uh, you know, what if 
what if Boots Riley made an episode of Black Mirror? Because there's a degree of like American satire happening in the background as an Amazon stand-in and uh, lots of reality TV show stand-in type things are like happening in the in the in the wings, and bit by bit those begin to take over the main plot until it's until it's revealed that the the entire film is this sort of call to action against corporate control and is this sort of like exploration of. Uh, class loyalty versus kind of your personal like growth in 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 terms of like wealth, uh, in terms of uh, where you're finding validation for the self. That we live in a world in which external validation comes from your job and your career growth more than maybe from like camaraderie among uh, your peers, and is also just like really beautifully shot. Has lots of really great little bits in it. Um, I think the third act again maybe doesn't didn't hit me super super strong, and it felt like it almost sidestepped some of its most interesting questions, which is like, hey, on one hand, take care of yourself and your family and like take money from capitalists whenever you can because fuck them. Like I need to pay for my family. My mom is sick. My uncle is going to get evicted. That's a compelling reason to take a promotion. But also there's this drive towards worker solidarity. How do you work that out? And I think it kind of sidesteps the the dilemma there by the end. But its answer is still pretty fucking fantastic. So go check that out again. It's called Sorry to Bother You. Um, it's just rough. It's rough in a way that's like interesting that it got made. Like it doesn't feel – there are moments when you're like this feels like a student film but in a in a really compelling way because it yeah. actually Vital. got made. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, how about y'all? Waypoints. Go ahead, guys. Oh, uh, so – OK. I'm, hmm. That was – yours was serious. But I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm going to – Connect to movies. I like movies too. Okay. My my wife and I's date night is almost always going to the movies. Like when we get a chance to um, have someone else watch our daughter and have some time to ourselves. Like it's like our great fear when we uh, had our daughter was that like we were we liked going to the movies. Like the act of going to the movies, getting out of our house, like going to see stuff, being part of the conversation. Like that was something that was really important to us. And so we've been lucky enough that through my mom, we've had a chance to like continue that. Um, now, related to that, we go to a movie theater. And this is more uh, normal these days, but it was very novel when it went in uh, around uh, here. Was that uh, like the movie theater has a bar in it? And uh, my wife and I used to be the people who go to the movie theater and sneak in a six pack. <laughs> and now I can pay for that six pack. Although one time, <laughs> before, uh, I've had a couple of times where I've snuck beer into a movie theater and then realized once I got there that I could have just bought it there. <laughs> And then, like, had the ethical dilemma of, like, well, do I give my money to them because I could have bought it here? Nah, I'm going to drink this cheaper beer. <laughs> uh, anyway, but so uh, I started becoming curious about they'll do, like, drink tie-ins with, oh, like, the sure. big movie at the time. Yeah. yeah. Often the comic book movie of the moment. Or not of the moment, like, of the month because <laughs> there's, like, one a month these days. Um, and those are often the movies we go to see. We go to see the spectacle movies because, like, that's the most effective use of our time and, like, what a theater is really good at. Right. Um, and then I recently, this year, made a commitment to always get the tie-in drink. Like, always, <laughs> at least once. Is that required to get the tie-in drink? And there's usually two options. At least that's been the, the, the case of the AMC theaters, is that there'll be, like, two, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp was the last one we saw. There was one for Ant-Man, there's one for the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when I get these drinks, they are they are truly dreadful. Like they are are not something I would ever pick, choose, have any interest in. Um, it both gets me out of my comfort zone, and I have been apologized to by the bartender. Oh God! Um, in which they go, we know these drinks are dreadful. They come down from corporate. If 
twice the lady, and it's like the same uh, lady that's like there every every time. She's like, if you don't like this, bring it back, and I will give you something else. And my oh. response is always, no, I have made this bed. It's an expensive bed. It's a very really? expensive bed. But I'm going... To, well, because it's a movie... Th- it's, it's both a bar, which is itself expensive, and then a movie bar that is selling you a like tie-in drink like you've it's so a how much it's a is literal a cocktail, cocktail and a metaphorical like cocktail of, yeah you're talking like 15 dollars okay. for one of these drinks right. and, that's still a um, lot of money in the is, that's yeah. another movie ticket you could have brought it's, another it's person more expensive than the movie you'd be drinking ticket. at the um, wow. i'm in new york so um, yeah in new york uh, that's about the same but yeah wow uh but it's so much fun because I just drink the most absurd drinks, and they're just weird and fun. And so I, it's just a little thing that I've done recently. Like again, it's 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 expensive, but like I have one of them and just move on. But like right. it has tickled me to like make such a, a weird commitment because I just never know what I'm gonna get when I get to the movie theater. So uh, if you have something like that, I I, I uh, implore you to give it a shot. It has been a lot of fun, even if it's forced me to uh, ingest some questionable things yeah. into my body along the way. I have, I have a big question here. Yes. Do you get a collectible cup that you get to bring <gasps> home? Good no, question. Oh. no, that would make it so good. That uh, that they, uh, I wonder if it's for legal reasons, but that oh. stuff is only like tied to the the kids stuff. Plus, also those are usually like big, and yeah. it's like the you know the the drinks you're getting are like the sort of like normal you know like twelve ounce sure. cocktail thing. Sure, so. makes sense. Anyway, that's, that's my waypoint. Go give your money to a corporate tie-in because it's fun. <laughs> Great, good. Wow. We all got to get by, you know? Oh, the wow. one that I got from the Wasp was this bourbon drink. It was excellent. My wife tasted it, and then she got it, too. So it was like double Paid corporate Paid expensive tie-in drink. But, <laughs> God. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Oh, that's wonderful. Rob, what's your waypoint? Uh, <clears throat> I guess for the last week, I've been watching um, this show called The Rain, which is Ooh. a... Oh, is that that's that Netflix uh, apocalyptic show yeah. with Acid Rain, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, that looked cool when I saw thing, the trailer. If you watch it on Netflix, it will default to the English dub. Don't oh, do the English yeah. dub. Make sure you're listening to it oh, there's in the, there Danish. Was the, uh, there was the other recent like Polish time travel show thingy. That, anyway, oh, I'm going to look up. There's yeah, something yeah, is that, similar. Sort of, uh, Ministry of... T- uh, no, that's something else. No. Uh, I was thinking mm. of Ministerio del Tiempo. Continue, continue, with, continue with your description of this movie and, or show, and I'll try and yeah. find the one I'm thinking uh, of. Yeah, so The Rain is uh, a post-apocalyptic... Like, I'm going to give you the setup really quickly. Uh, this teenage girl and her much younger brother are basically kidnapped by her father and mother for, out of school. Just like, we got to go. We just got to go. Uh, okay. Just leave all your shit. Just get in the fucking car. Just stop asking questions. And they drive like hell out of the city. And rain clouds are gathering in the distance. And I thought, was like, we got to get, we got to, we got to get to shelter before it starts raining. I can't explain what's going on. Uh, but in short order, uh, the kids are ensconced in a bunker. Dad leaves. Uh, he's like, I got to go sort this thing out. He's weirdly informed. Like, there's a fully equipped disaster bunker ready for this eventuality. He's weirdly informed about what's up. But meanwhile, Ooh. the entire planet is getting wiped out by a virus that is being carried in the rain. Um, and you see the, the, the kids get sealed in the bunker uh, by themselves for like six years. And oh, little, Jesus. That's a long time. Yeah, and the little boy grows up uh, while, while he's in there and the sister like, you know, takes care of him, but... After six years, they're running out of supplies. They have to leave. And they're like, screw it. Let's see what's out in the world. 
Uh, and what's out in the world is complete catastrophe. Uh, there's only a handful of people left alive. Um, the world is basically like uh, fallen into ruin. And within about five minutes, they are basically abducted by a gang of uh, like teenage survivalists uh, who just like roam around this world, just trying to find enough food to eat and enough fresh water to like continue surviving. Um, and the rules of the world are if the rain touches you, you're dead. If you touch a stagnant water, you are dead. Uh, and you are hyper contagious. And so Jesus. the minute somebody gets touched, your friends will execute you like zombie apocalypse style. Like you're just, right. you're dead already. You're a danger to the group. Um, and within that, like within that framework, uh, the kids undertake a journey uh, to escape the disaster zone and see if there's anything out there uh, for them. See if, uh, you know, that, that father is still out there and doing whatever he was trying to do. And it's mostly a very, very good show. Um, it's very cool the way it unfolds in a series of, like, vignettes focusing on one of the kids that you meet in this group. Uh, and sort of each of them appears to be a stock character, but of course, as we learn, learn about them, they've all sort of both reinvented themselves in this crisis, but also sort of become trapped by the way you do when you're a teenager. It's a very good young Mm -hmm. adult work in some ways. They're also all trapped by the things they project and the things they put out Mm -hmm. there and they perform down to the expectations they have created for themselves and that others like, you know, press upon them. It's pretty, it's, it's, it's very good. Uh, Stylish, very bleak, very grim. Uh, there's one, there's one episode that's the biggest fucking clunker you can imagine. Um, yeah, there's an episode where they find, they find a group of people who, who are surviving and seem weirdly prosperous and chill and a little culty, but, hmm, doesn't seem dangerous, probably fine, let's just hang out with these cool cats and, you know, just completely trust that they're on the up and up and there's no terrible secret lurking here in this maybe cult uh-huh. you will figure out what that terrible secret is within like five seconds and you'll hope it's not it is uh-huh. right. so one bad episode out of a run of like i think 10 and they're mostly very okay. very good okay right. the uh the, sh- the show i was thinking of is called dark yeah um i don't want to say much about that's it compared to stranger uh, things i already said lot, too much it and that was yeah, a bad like, comparison. Yes, like there's a short there's a shorthand version that's sort of like like German Stranger Things, but that really sells the the, the show short. I would highly recommend just go watch the first episode. It's like same sort of thing, like dripping with style, yeah. uh, really good characters. Like the the sci fi thing that's going on in that show is is amazing. But it's also one of those that like oh my god, like the like. The, the the dubbing is so atrocious uh, <laughs> that like make sure you flip on and and watch it in the original German with subtitles. That said, I wonder if this is true of 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 this show. We're like, okay, it's hot. If you're not a native speaker and not familiar with the language, can you actually tell if the acting is bad? I right? had this problem. And with so Occupy. I remember tweeting. So I, I tweeted out mm-hmm. that I like really was really enjoying Dark and like I think said something along the lines of like really enjoying the performances and like got this like detailed note back that was like this probably doesn't come across in english but like uh to someone who's you know non-native but like it's actually pretty cheesy like i really like the show it's it's really good but like 
That's very I don't funny. think it comes across to English uh, <laughs> English speaking yeah. yeah. people that like how the the acting is more B movie than you could realize. And I was like, that's such a cool thing to be ignorant of. <laughs> I think this is some A class acting, and it's actually <laughs> B movie level. But I don't know any better, so I'm just gonna sail on through. Come but on. Uh, your show sounds very uh, similar. Uh, in tone and approach to uh, to dark, I would so I, I, I would recommend that one as well because that's a a really really great show that I enjoyed uh, last year on Netflix as well. Gotta watch those. Gotta, Gotta. go fast, Danielle. I'm watching an anime. That uh, yeah, uh, I know. You, I know. I'm as surprised as anybody else. What are you watching? In this year, My Hero Academia. Oh, awesome. Which nice. you know, I was shown my um you know my my. Uh, Life guide, my anime life mm-hmm. coach, uh, of course, showed me a few episodes of it uh, like a year ago. And last night I spent more time with my anime life coach who I uh, showed me the most recent episodes so I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, sure. And then we went back and watched like five early episodes. Gotcha. And I was like, oh, this is really good. It's just really good. It's, it's awesome. Do you want to pitch it at a high level? For sure. Because a lot of people might not this know. This is a world where there's superheroes. Uh, yeah. You're super, you're super powerful Whatever, your power is called a quirk. There's a young man who's quirkless, and he is, like, the biggest fan of this guy who's, like, Mr. Blonde, buff, awesome hero who can, you know, jump around and be super strong and do all these great things. Uh, His name is All Might. So he's the biggest fan of All Might, and uh, he gets into a a sort of a, a kerfuffle where he does something heroic, even though he has no quirk. And All Might is so taken by this that he decides he's going to mentor this young man into being... An amazing superhero, and then he goes to school with others with super with other with super powerful kids. Yeah. Basically, uh, it's just really well done. It's really compelling. I Sounds really cute. appreciated. It. Yeah, it's really cute, and also the early episodes emphasized hard training, but also taking rest. I was watching this, and I was like, "Wow, this is like me. This is legitimately <laughs> me as a young athlete, like overtraining and hurting themselves." Like, yeah, I did that. There you go. It's, it's, it's very good. It's Thank very, you very for good. bringing anime to the podcast. I really appreciate Quick it. Quick thing is the art. I know you expected well, it. Would from you me. say the art yes. style is um? My frame of reference here is it like hyper dramatic action manga esque, uh, like vivid detail, lurid. Is it gorgeous and painterly the way Yuri is? Is it more like uh, chibi, uh, like um, like caricature esque uh, portrayals? Uh my favorite reference being only the things that Amanda has shown me. <laughs> uh, so, like, I have watched five anime yeah. series in my life. Uh, towards the first, like, like pretty exaggerated comic booky yeah. manga looking, uh, but it's not gross. It's not, you know, it's yeah. not gauche. I suppose I would say, like, it, it is, it is exaggerated and superhero-y and comic booky, but I, I would call it pleasantly so, as opposed mm-hmm. to like. Overly, 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 ten levels over the top. I, Personally, right. that's where I would put I, uh, it. The thing that I think is super interesting is that they use different styles for different characters, right? Like yeah. not oh. not not incompatible styles, but something like if you look up All Might, you'll note that like All Might's eyes are like completely blacked out, or uh, or like just like super heavy shading, like almost like you can see the comic book style pencil shading that's going on there. Whereas other characters will be like completely like no no extra lines on their face, just the outline of their face, and then big big you know bold eyes or something yeah. like that. They were like very very cute faces, um, and so it's like. It's really to, to dip into a bunch of different styles visually. Um, so, that's, oh that's yeah, funny. no, All Might appears to be like very old school anime, like yes, yeah. like art almost style. 80s, yeah. like yes, yeah. totally, totally. 
Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of cool characters out there. There are. So. I'm starting to meet some of them. Welcome, welcome to the to anime to the anime bus. Finally, all right. I think on that note, that's going to do it for us this week or this day. We'll be back on. I guess probably not on Wednesday for anything, right? We don't have a bonus pod this week now. We were going to record a bonus right. pod today, but that probably won't happen not. this week. All right, but we'll be back on Friday for another episode of Waypoint Radio. We'll be back uh, pretty much every morning this this week with some more stuff. We'll be streaming some some No Man's Sky this week. We'll be streaming some Bloodborne this week. Oh yeah. We'll find even more things to stream. There's no all sorts blood. of things. No man's blood. Not allowed. Weird. Okay. Hmm. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, Danielle? <laughs> At Danielle or I may be tweeting about anime. You might see some There you of go. That. How about you, Rob? At Rob Zachney. Patrick Klepek. At Patrick Klepek. Follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Follow everything Waypoint does. Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Facebook.com slash Waypoint Vice. YouTube.com slash Waypoint Vice. Twitch.tv. Slash waypoint. Waypoint.vice.com is the address where you can go check out all the news stories and articles and criticism and op eds and what else also goes there. Um, blogging. So we have pretty art. Art goes there. Um, what else do we put there? We put we words. Put the podcast various there too. Podcast is listenable there. There's a long list of things that should uh, uh, hyperlinks go links on there. Links to the forum? Color. Um, links to. Uh, our social media, in case you need to know where those are. I know there's nowhere else to know what that is. Our about page, if you want to know more about us, you can go to uh, waypoint.vice.com and find an about page there. I don't know if it's <laughs> slash about or not because – we have one? Yeah, totally because that's where our pitching instructions are. Oh, right. Austin, right. uh, so you sure you don't want to tell people what, people what they'll find if they uh, open up the CSS view and just sort of take a look at the underlying style of the site? Oh boy! Yeah, sure. You know, I can go in. I can go in there and just go hit the inspect page real quick. And you know, I'm, you know what? I'll leave it. That's a surprise. Job, JavaScript. They'll find a lot Inspector. of JavaScript. They'll find that you can no longer right-click images and save them as images. They get saved as webums instead. Yep. That's a thing you'll notice. Oh yeah, you got a webum. You got a webum, I and mean, you got a webum. Got to keep them webum rated. <laughs> That's gonna do it for us. Thanks to Bo and Flooding for track. Well. Miss you. Off the EP oh. Pale Machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. We'll be back on Friday. Until then. Be good and be good at it. Peace. An offspring reference in 2018. <laughs> is that what that was? It doesn't even, <laughs> it doesn't even go. Kind of what I the other day. Both had like a <sighs> go yeah. keep them separated. And then yeah. <laughs> okay, I got it. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.